0: Hello and welcome to Episode 87, Rewire to Relax, Create Biological Balance. In today's world, there's no question that relaxation is a core ingredient for living with health and vitality. In today's episode, I'd like to discuss the core components needed for relaxation, relaxation and brain health, and the outcome of being biologically balanced. Relaxation is a state of being free from tension and anxiety, and some of us say that we just need to loosen up and unwind a bit and just let go. A scientist would actually define relaxation as a way to restore a system to equilibrium or balance. You know, I prefer to use the scientific definition because it is in line, you know, it's in line with the healing and biological balance that we talk about and that means to bring our system back into homeostasis. Relaxation is a learned response, and it must be done systematically to reap its full benefits. When we enter the deeper stages of relaxation, we get substantial cognitive boosts to our cells in our brain, and our cells also repair and regenerate themselves, and our body reaps those physiological benefits. With this in mind, the key is being able to bring your whole being into a relaxed state. Now, although the purpose of this episode is not to really talk about what we need exactly in place to relax, I would just like to review them. And if any of you want me to continue discussing them, we could always do another podcast on them. But I would just like to say to relax, we do need to have a few things in place a stable and comfortable body, because we all know that if the body's comfortable, then it's easier to relax. Just look at our posture. Our posture will determine if we could even relax. We also need a balanced breath with little to no pause to regulate the nervous system, and many of you have taken my courses on meditation. I talk about diaphragmatic breathing, and then we also need a process that is repeatable and systematic. In other words, when we relax, we need to create a habit, and I'll talk about that later, a groove in which we can learn to relax, and then our mind will bring us into that almost spontaneously once we start practicing. This episode is not, again, about elaborating on the foundation steps, so let me know, as I said, if you'd like me to do a separate podcast on that. I tend to be partial to systematic practices because it has complete benefits in, but you must decide if that's something that you would like to do. But the key is to take action and establish a habit of relaxation, whether it be 5 or 10 minutes, once or twice a day. So let's turn now and talk about our brain in relaxation. How do we rewire to relax? Without training, your brain, or I should even say your mind also, because the mind and the brain are one, is actually reactive. It seeks comfort above all else and chases whatever's right in front of you. And getting our brain or our mind, our mind and our brain complex to perform optimally, that means focusing, remaining calm, dealing with any kind of adversity, does indeed take effort. Especially if you're not used to working with the reactive circuitry, namely the stress response circuitry. That's a very reactive circuitry that just comes upon us without us even having to think about it. Changing our behaviors does indeed start with the brain, the mind, the brain mind complex here. And we know that the brain is extraordinarily pliable. And with the right tools, namely in my view, breath training, supporting a relaxation training, you can rewire your brain pathways to respond better to changing situations. In addition to rewiring your brain for happiness, focus, and calm, So it's not only for challenging situations, but we can rewire it and have more happiness, more focus, and more calm. And I mean calm literally, also literally would mean consciously aware, living in the moment, which brings into relaxation in and of itself. Keep in mind that there is a difference between disconnecting from stress and resolving stress. I'm talking here about disconnecting from stress. That's the foundation. That's the core of all the principles that I talk about and I give in classes. Because disconnecting implies that our perception is clear and we respond rather than we react. So keep that in mind. There's a difference between disconnecting and resolving, you know, when we're talking about stress. We're talking here about disconnecting. When we're established in the practice of relaxation, stress no longer really takes a hold on us. It's, you know, sending us down, as I say, the rabbit hole. The stress chemicals that cause the muscles to tense up, our respiration rate to increase, our pulse rate to rise, and our brain pathways to change actually becomes under conscious control. Being aware of the science behind stress and deciding to relax, you actually can counteract the stress chemicals. Let's turn a bit to the science behind stress. First, stress is a response to a perceived threat. And I've said that over and over again. As we learn to relax, our perceptions change and what was once a threat no longer alarms us. But let's say we get into a fearful state. After all, fear drives these emotions. When we perceive a threat, stress chemicals send impulses to the sympathetic nervous system, which has a role of keeping the body active and in motion. When the sympathetic nervous system is active, the opposing function is the parasympathetic function, which its role is to conserve energy. So here we have becoming active and the other one is conserving energy. So, when the sympathetic is active, the parasympathetic does have a role in conserving energy and it becomes inhibited. And that's pretty a simple picture of how it really works. Relaxation allows the parasympathetic nervous system to become active or what can be termed upregulated, and that's via the vagus nerve. And in turn, the sympathetic nervous system becomes less active or downregulated. Relaxation ultimately slows down brain waves. again, parasympathetic nervous system relaxation, slowing things down, conserving energy, which rejuvenates actually brain chemistry and gives rise to a calmer state of mind. Even after the practice session of relaxation ends. So when we do those classes in, let's say systematic relaxation, even after the practice session ends, the body and the brain meaning the brain, is still being bathed in a calmer state. When our parasympathetic system is dominant, we're able to digest well, both physically and mentally. Now, I always say there's physical digestion and mental digestion. How how do we uh, mentally digest our experiences? And also when the parasympathetic system is dominant, we repair any disharmony that may exist in our living organism. So we create biological balance, right? We're repairing. We're also really digesting optimally. During the time of parasympathetic upregulation or stimulation, our breath becomes slow, deep, and complete. Not choppy, shallow, or irregular. And our digestive system works well, both physically and mentally. The body can focus on repair, including reduction of inflammation, tissue repair, and hormone production for that matter. So we have to think about if we're suffering from inflammation, it's probably from a stress response and relaxation would help. If we take a subjective measure on this, people feel fully present and alive. Many report feeling safe and confident. So when the sympathetic nervous system is on standby, which is natural in a balanced state, and the parasympathetic nervous system is more active, people are in what I call a buffer zone for stress. So they're going to have a different perception, they're not going to react, Uh, they're going to just respond. They have the energy to get through the day, but they can stay calm and present even in challenging situations. There are two key places to consider when creating biological balance, and we're talking about here relaxation. One of the first tasks that I use in working with clients, people, students, etc., is to really assess and support the person's ability to down-regulate their stress response. By assessing the diet, I can see where the weakness may be. Yes, I said diet because A diet that is not a good match for someone causes stress. Certain dietary practices cause instability, resulting in stress. Now there's a difference between diet and nutrition. Nutrition is where certain uh, chemical reactions that cause stress uh, take place. Nutrition is how we nourish ourselves, so even the foods that we choose, so diet and nutrition. So diet and nutrition are key players to work with when someone is not able to relax. I always start with that unless uh, something, uh, something else stands out. I also work with breathing techniques. As I mentioned earlier, the nervous system dictates the stress response activity. When we learn to breathe using our diaphragmatic muscle, then we stimulate our parasympathetic nervous system. And as you may recall, that creates relaxation. All yoga, relaxation, and meditation practices, of course, need to be taught starting with the core foundation of diaphragmatic breathing, since it is the ingredient to control relaxation. It's important to acknowledge that each person is unique in their perceptions, and responses do vary. That is why it's necessary to assess how quickly and smoothly does the system deactivate. In other words, ask yourself, How quickly do you mentally and physically digest events that may take you from feeling relaxed? Is it a couple of hours? Is it days? Is it, you know, months? How much do you hold on to things? If you find yourself holding on more often than not, I would, you know, perhaps you can begin to establish a daily habit of relaxation. The most difficult part of this is not having an established routine to follow. So here's how you can get started. When you do something over and over again and get the same result, it quite literally builds a neural pathway between the action and the outcome. For example, if you eat every time you're stressed, you'll start to habitually eat for comfort and the two will begin to wire wire together in the brain. As the neurons in the pathway strengthen, you'll start automatically reaching for food when you're pulled out of your comfort zone. By the way, there is a biological reason, even psychological too, but there's a biological reason why we go into certain eating, uh, eating conditions when we feel under stress. But on the other hand, if you go to exercise every time you're out of your comfort zone, you begin to associate exercise with relieving the situation, and your default to exercise comes when you're feeling overwhelmed. These are simple examples because both are solutions to fix an issue and one may be better or not so good depending on the choices because we could use breathing exercises also, not necessarily running around the block. The key is to just pay attention to what's good for you. The process of the coupling action with the outcome explains why building good daily habits is really powerful. It also explains why overriding bad ones is so challenging or breaking them. I always tell people create a new habit, don't try to break an old one because you're tearing down existing brain pathways and building new ones. That really doesn't work so well. Just build new ones and let that be your road to focus and it'll override the other ones and they'll just become antiquated. So here's how to build a new habit of relaxation. Try out these four uh, steps for the next 40 days, and it'll help you get into a habit. Some people say 21 days, I say 40 days, and some people have even said up to 66 days, I've seen in the literature, but that's uh, not quite strong enough for me to say that. So I would try 40 days. The first thing is to acknowledge that you want and or need to change. You need to be aware. You need to say, hey, you know what? There is a problem. I'm stressed and I see myself not functioning as best as I could. So acknowledge that. The second is to create a systematic routine. Here's an example. Pick a time during the day, five to 10 minutes. Close your eyes and check in with your breath. I always choose breath because that regulates your nervous system. And without having that tool, you can't regulate your nervous system, it's short-lived. Learn how to diaphragmatically breathe. We have plenty of things classes and uh, CDs with that in it. So create your systematic routine. And again, I'm giving you an example, five to 10 minutes, close your eyes, check in with your breath daily. The third step would be to be consistent and persistent. Once you pick that time, don't just do it when you feel stressed, decide I'm going to do it every time at 12 o'clock, two o'clock, five o'clock, whenever you're choosing, it'll start training the mind. So Be consistent and persistent once you pick that time, don't keep changing it and follow it for 40 days and see what happens. And I'm hoping you will write to me and let me know what took place. So we first acknowledge that you want and need to change. The second step is to create a systematic routine. And I said, take a five to 10 minute sample, closing your eyes, choosing to breathe, paying an attention to the flow of breath. The third is to be consistent and persistent once you pick the time. And the fourth is to follow that for 40 days and then record it. See what it's like. See how your mind will start to change and your brain will start to feel different. So what's the outcome of biological balance or rewiring to relax? Well, you learn to accept what is. You're no longer reactive. You just watch and just say, well, that's what is. You don't have to change it or control it. You're tolerant of yourself and others. You're more laid back. It's as simple as that. You're more forgiving of things. You're not judging things. You're more creative. You have more intuition and clarity when things come up. You have more resilience and endurance in day-to-day happenings. You're more joyful while you're living in the moment. And you certainly have more positive thoughts. When you're in balance, you look at the cup half full not half empty when we experience a relaxed mind we're able to access and experience health and vitality and as i always say do your research and see what works for you and that brings us to the end of this episode the susan taylor podcast does come out every week and is available on susantaylor.org iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, and other podcast platforms. Please share it on my YouTube channel. You can go there and subscribe and even share it if you like it. It'll help support our community. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please send it to feedback at susantaylor.org or even comment on the YouTube channel. I'd love to hear from you. And again, as I always say, Thank you for listening. And until next time, remain calm, consciously aware, living in the moment.